Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, this is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked up by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome into Old School. I am most certainly not DP, but I am Mike Schaefer, and Jay Foreman is alongside me. Nick is here as well to make sure everything stays on the rails. DP doing his Christmas in New York as he does every single year. I don't, today might be the Broadway show. He's got like a real refined schedule, Jay. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a, got his MSG yeah. day. He's got his Times Square day. Yeah, he's, he's got a, all that locked in. Yeah, he's a sophisticated brother, man, you know. Figured that we'd go there and we'd just wing it, you know, start asking the locals <laughs> what to do and probably get nothing accomplished. He's definitely getting a lot accomplished in uh, the city that never sleeps, right? That's what they call it, it New York? Yeah. yeah. That, that is absolutely right. It, do you like uh, New York City? I'm sure you've been there enough I've times. been there. Um, when I played the, with the Giants, you know, right. I was there. And um, I guess when you go with – I mean, you hang out with the right people, it's a lot of fun. I, I mean, when I got there – for whatever reason, Michael Strahan kind of took me around for a couple of weeks. So I got that kind of tag along with him. So that was, you know, that kind of set the the bar way too high for myself. But, yeah, I liked it. It was definitely interesting. The people are interesting. I know I, I had a friend that flew in for uh, one of the games, and um, he was flying in from Minneapolis. And so, you know, I had to go to JFK. So you kind of got to drive from yeah. New Jersey through the city. It was crazy because I think his flight landed, say, just like, 10 30 so probably didn't you know get through all that stuff to like 11 so driving there there wasn't a lot of people out but just driving back it was like that's when the city finally like woke up mm. yeah. and when they say like you don't go out to like midnight like for real don't step out of your apartment or whatever till midnight but i liked it i like the fans they're definitely intense you know they're probably uh you know and they say that Gi- the giants fans are a little bit more you know of you know wine and cheese a little uppity versus the jets but uh i mean that's what they say but the jets you know were fans were you know a little different when we when i was playing against them in buffalo but i enjoyed new york i liked it it wasn't probably not a place that i'd want to like reside but right. definitely liked it and enjoyed my i mean i liked being around a melting pot and, and just people watching and learning different stuff well, and, and then especially compared to like your time at Buffalo, where yeah. I'm guessing it is different, more well, of a smaller vibe. Right, versus, it's just like Lincoln. Yeah, I mean that's really what helped. I mean, I always tell people what really helped me. Of course, look, I would tell you like, I never knew if I was going to get drafted, but it was, you know when you're dreaming and kind of have these perfect scenarios, you know, really when I went to the combine, the two teams that I was thought I was too good to kind of you know go to were Green Bay and Buffalo because I felt like you know, two small towns or cities or whatever and weather, you know, being here in Lincoln, you know, everything, you know, you think you're bigger and better. You got this old big head going on. And so I go to the combine. Those are the two teams I don't interview interview with. Right. So I'm like, all right, I'm cool. So then I'm cool with anywhere. I'm thinking like, oh, I want to go to Atlanta, you know, New York or something like that. End up going to Buffalo. And, um, you know, it is definitely different than New York City. 
but there's a lot of people that live there after living in the city. So you get a little bit of it. Um, but I was, like I was saying before, one of the best things that ever happened to me was to go to Buffalo. One, it was at that time we, you know, they were winning organization, run really, really well. Um, Ralph Wilson and John Butler, um, he was a GM. He had to, you know, he liked Nebraska players, you know, and the one thing Buffalo did at that time, if they, when they drafted you or if they brought in, you know, other guys as like, I guess, rookie free agents or whatever, you know, they didn't do a lot of roster turnover. So if you were on practice squad and say like you were a lineman and a lineman got hurt, then they would bring you're you bumped up. up. Right. And you're in the system, you're in you the move system up. and you played there all preseason. So it was like almost like an honor to be on their practice squad versus a lot of other teams. Like every week it's new, new, new guys coming in. It's kind of stupid because really all they're doing is bringing you in to try you out for a couple of weeks. And one thing I remember being in one of your first like training camp, you know, team meetings and you, and, and you're sitting there and you're trying to take, you're trying to figure out the roster, right? Because my agent was, uh, at the, you know, really good. He said, look, dude, when you go to the training camp, 90% of the roster is already done. I'm like, really? Because you're thinking like. Yeah, you can flash, you, you can impress. You right. Can, yeah. You know, and you're thinking about, do I play defense good? Mm-hmm. No. He's like, you better kick tail on special teams and be able to play defense. You know, obviously, he's like, you want to have as much good tape as possible. Wade Phillips got up there and he said, and he said kind of the same thing without saying it. He's like, look, I, you know. I'm going to treat you as a man, and, you you know, you got to be on time and show up, work hard. Um, you know, of course, you got Bruce Smith and Thurman Thomas. They're, they're not trying out for spots. But um, he said for you rookies and lower lower round draft choices, you guys are going to get a ton of tape. So if you don't make it here, the chances of you getting picked up and then having a su- successful rookie year, then, it, he, then he was like, after that, it's up to you. And he's like, you know what? If you go somewhere else we'll, and you're doing well, we'll – we've always brought guys back. So he kind of laid out how the realistically how it could go in the NFL. And that's one probably because his dad's been through it. One, that's why a lot of players, I, you never find a player that played for Wade that doesn't love him and respect him because he, you know, treated you as such. Now, granted, having Bruce Smith, Ted Washington, Reuben Brown, Thurman Thomas, Andre, uh, you know, Andre Reed, and those guys to police the locker room, he could, you could do that, right? Yeah. And so, even if we had, I'm sure we had our fair share of knuckleheads, but those guys kept everybody in line. And if you didn't get in line, they could really go up to Ralph and like, this dude's gonna mess up the team. He's got to go. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, for you know, we got a few Nebraska players, you know, hoping to get drafted. I'm sure they're thinking like places they want to go. You know, the best advice that I ever got. You, don't worry about how many teams like you. You just want to worry about the the one team that likes you enough to pick you. Yeah, and then go make it work when you're there. Yeah, because that's just the first part. It's, <laughs> that's the first. That's the first part, man. And that's what these guys. That's what people don't understand. Yeah, it's great. I mean, look, it's a you're a, you're a less than a one percenter, I guess, right? To get drafted, I don't even know what the percent is, right? You're even less to make it. Less, and it's a little bit easier to make it in the NFL now. It's like if you can walk and chew gum, you you, you can play a lot longer than you should. You actually had to be. You know, without being this old guy, you had to actually, actually had to be good when I played. Now you can kind of just be, eh, you know what I mean? I mean, Josh Johnson's playing. Do you think it's more based on athleticism than yeah, it technique? Is. Yeah, it is. You know, one of the things I've seen the shift in the NFL is the depth of athlete is de- definitely deeper. But the top-end guys, there's there's nobody that's coming in the NFL now that can match up with Javon Curse that I saw at the Combine. Six five two sixty five run a four three. There's no and jump. You know what I mean. There's but that you'll have 
So say like in just in all practical, say in my draft alone, say they had four, right? Wow, guys. Now they might have ten. Mm-hmm. But after the four here, you might have some closer guys that are better football players. You know, the Mike Petersons, yep. you know what I mean? Those guys, Barry Gardner's and those, you know, the, like Keith Newman, me and he went fourth round, I went fifth. You know, I played nine and Keith played nine. You know, generally that doesn't happen. Now you can kind of last your, a long right, time. Because, you know, now, you know, the guys are, you know, especially with, you know, COVID, you see a lot more in the NBA where they pick you up for two or three games, you're vested. Versus like when I had, when I played, you had to be on the active roster for six games to get vested. Now it's three, and then you can kind of like combine practice squad. You saw it was Cade McNown or Josh McNown got picked up on the practice squad. Didn't even wasn't even there. He was on the practice squad, but still coaching in Texas a couple years ago when COVID first hit. For I think for Philly, right? So yeah, this sounds right. Yeah, so like you could be a ten year veteran and be on practice squad after your second year. When I played, you couldn't Couldn't go back. You couldn't. You couldn't be on the practice squad. And even if you were on the practice squad for your first two years. And say like Minnesota wanted to keep you on the third, then you're just like done. Yeah. So it's a lot. You know, it's a little bit. And the rules are are lax for it's betterment for the whole of the players. But you know, the guys that really kind of went through the grind doesn't. You know, it's so for these guys that are trying, it's going to get up there because you're. You know, there's no more. Uh, you know, the coaches up there. You're not going to have. I mean, you're going to be somewhat cool with the coaches, but you ain't going to be cool like in college. Like, coaches ain't having you over yeah. for stakes. It's like my job is to make sure that you do what you need to do on on ten, on, on film or I'm going to find somebody that will. Yeah. The relationship generally ends in the building? Generally. I mean, one of my two best friends are, you know, is Reggie Herring, who coaches in Denver, and Danny Smith, who's the longtime – he's at Pittsburgh now. He's been in forever. Danny was in my wedding, and Reggie uh, was as well. Um, now – my relationship with both of them is because they pushed me to places I never thought I could go. And so we kind of like in our relationship grew after I got done. Like when mm-hmm. I was kind of like, you know, towards the end, you know what I mean? We always kept yeah. in contact. So when we played, I, de- I never really wanted to cross that. And right. The only people that really have truly relationships <laughs> with coaches is the quarterbacks, especially if they're good. Everything's like, different with the quarterbacks, Right. Everything. Like, Tony Dungy probably didn't hang out with, was it Robert Morris that was the linebacker from BYU that was so so? I mean, but I can guarantee <laughs> I did not you. I think we were going to hear it, about Robert Morris. Yeah, remember him? Yeah, only no, only I reason I liked him from BYU is because when during his draft tape, he was BYU was playing somebody. I remember it was a night game, and he did the moonwalk after he had a t- couple tackles. It, it was a big deal when Robert Morris was a draft prospect because right. I think he was 25, 26. Yeah, but at he that ran time. good and he was right. big. And, he and was so then it was like, oh, do you want to take him because you're only going to have a finite amount of years? And then it's like, oh, yeah, you take him because he's right. good. You're That's right. what you take. He was really good in college yeah. and kind of so so in the league. But I'm sure Edron James, Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and if I'm missing anybody else, probably can text Tony Junji and get a call back. I guess I bet you Morris probably gets Was Dwight Freeney part of that? Uh, or was that Yeah, after? he was just there. At the edge of it? Yeah, him and Mathis. It was Freeney before Mathis. So yeah. you got to think Dwight Freeney was just a automatic, like, pass rusher for a while. Then he got better at the run. Yep. Um, but, they, I mean, when you start – when you're up by, like, 14 points. Bob Sanders, is he part of that as well? I never play. I wasn't ever against him, but I remember him. I mean, yeah. obviously, yeah. That guy was good. For those two years? Yeah. It just sucks that he had what, knee problems. I mean, because he was 
sniping people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I no, mean, he he's – He had literally won the Super Bowl for him because remember that that defense was so bad. It was like how they have – and then Bob Sanders came back and then they went on that run during the playoffs where they well, actually he had the Well, he had the shoestring tackle that saved like a late touchdown. Yeah. I want to say against the Ravens maybe. Yep. Um, no, I just remember Bob Sanders is one of those safeties that doesn't get enough credit for what he was. But yeah. I, I loved him. For he two years, great. either or yeah. two or three years, and it just the injury bug killed him. Yeah. You know? Uh, so let's let's transition this to, to some of the action we saw yesterday. And your Buffalo Bills kind of took it to the Patriots a yeah, little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And it, it had me thinking, do you – what would you kind of – rationalize why we're so quick because it happened earlier this year the Cowboys went through a stretch and it was like oh no you know what's going on with this team or they're not kind of what we thought they were right. the Chiefs were buried there oh, was yeah. questions about whether they, they were, were gonna even make not the whether playoffs. they were gonna win the AFC West or or even make the playoffs right. it, it was well are they the third or fourth best team in this now loaded division and it's like there's it's not even close right I don't even know who you would say the second best team is in the AFC West right now because I never know what to do with the Chargers. Chargers are going to charge. I think the Raiders are talent-wise the second-best team, but they don't week to week. You never know what you're yeah, going to get there either. Yeah. Uh, and the Chiefs are miles ahead of it. But it's just like we forget every year the season's really long. It is. It and is. a team will go through a three-week stretch where they don't look particularly good, and we can't wait to bury them. Right. And then here we are right now, and you've got the Bills, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, all playing their best football when it matters. Yeah, and it's it is an extremely long season. That's what that was one of my first reality checks of the league, right? Cuz you go through preseason, which is you play four at that time you play four games, so you practice for two and a half weeks, then you start playing games, and then you practice for another week, then you play 16 games, 17 weeks, you know. And so that's 25 weeks, you know, and that's almost twice college, you know, and because they go what like six days of like fall camp here, and right? It's, and this is re- you know what I mean. So um, it's a long season, and guys get worn out. I wouldn't say they get bored, but you kind of get in a lull a little bit. It's got to be hard to have the same mentality week in and week out. It is, and because it's just natural. Because you could have injuries hit a certain position group. You could have a guy that's just not playing well. If your quarterback's not playing well, this is the thing in the league. If your quarterback is not playing the position of quarterback well, you will not win. It's like impossible to win. And I never and you know just coming from here, you just think like you always talk like, all right, you're just a part of the you know, you're part of the you know, you're part of the team, whether you're a bigger part or not, but you're part of the team. Right. And the other you're like we were playing if, you know, say they were focusing on Tommy or Scott, we know we had a mon in the line that could kinda overcome in the league, no. If you don't have a quarterback that can play the position, he doesn't necessarily have to be Tom Brady, but he can't be any worse than Trent Dilfer not losing the game. Right. Right? And that's an extreme case. So what? you need somebody in between like a Brad Johnson, right, guy right. that can play the position. And so if you have a quarterback that's not playing well or you have injuries at running back or just, you know, offensive coordinators just having an off couple weeks. Or here's also what happens. if you When you play in, the, in, your, in your division, right, so like when we would play the Jets – we would play the Colts at that time um, in New England. All bets are off. All, you know, you know whatever the, the, the spread is is off because we knew each other. You knew the players. You played, you, you know, at that time, say like when I'm in my third or fourth year in Buffalo, I played against those guys eight times. So I knew Edger and James' strengths and weaknesses. I kind of knew their – you know what I mean? So the yeah. game's automatically going to be tighter. 
versus like, you know, when we came down and played Kansas City once, you know, seeing all that stuff is a lot newer. So it kind of like sparks your interest. And so that's where you can kind of, you know, get, you know, lulled into some bad play. Um, and weather's a factor because some guys, some some position groups, some offenses, some coaches even, um, and players play well in different climates as well. And that's just the way it is. And, yeah, you think like, oh, you know, in Buffalo, you guys, you know, like you just sleep outside and we practice there all day. You're human. Yeah, you 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 drive to work every day and it's crappy outside, but that's not maybe that's not, it's not, not something like you're you, spending fourteen hours a day, and it's not there. something that you like to do. You're not Rocky just training in the right. Conditions. We're not in, you know, we're not. That's <laughs> not what you like to do. And some coaches don't practice outside and just kind of throw it, at, you know, let you just deal with it on the day of the game. So, it, look, they went through a little little bit of a lull. Um, you know, you saw some chinks in Buffalo's armor when they lost to Jacksonville. Probably didn't take them lightly. So that you, then you question their maturity level because they were they were playing well at that time. Mm-hmm. Then they got back on track, and then the pressure of playing New England when New England was hot at home, and then they probably in lost, a weird weather game. Yeah, in a weird weather game, lost focus. And if you want to compare it to college, it's almost like the first time. Remember when Nebraska had game day and we were playing Ohio State? You know everything that was we everything from Nebraska standpoint was enjoying. The experience, the game day and, uh, experience, yeah. and then you had to play the game, and then you just were done. Yep. Now, now, granted, that was a great Ohio State team, but they definitely weren't forty some points. They threw better. one punch, and it was over. Right. With Buffalo, so they learned from it. Yep. And went up there and played a little bit better than they did before. And Josh Allen got a chance to do his thing. And when you have a quarterback that can make plays, uh, and or he can make plays with his feet and run, and has the mindset to do it, and and to beat the Patriots, you have to beat them. Do you think the Bills sort of style where it's we'll run when we have to, but it's really going to be on the arm of our quarterback, and we think that Stephon Diggs can get open eight to ten times a game and two of them are going to be backbreakers, can you do that enough in the playoffs? That, it just feels such a tough thread. It's a very yeah. thin line yeah. between – the first Patriot game in that one, or even the Jacksonville game. Jacksonville, you're right, yeah. right. You could look really, really good when it when it's on, right? That team looked yeah. like, and then it looks really, really bad because the defense is good. It's not great, even though Buffalo was the better team. I thought from start to finish, I would have liked. They still, to me, do not play the run effectively yeah. enough. They still don't. You think about some of these teams you could get. You could get the Titans if right. Henry's oh, back. I mean, that, I mean the Patriots again, right? Uh, you know, even the Bengals with Joe Mixon. It's, just, it's it's not it's not even about who it is. Like every team can run the ball. Right. It was just it's like the mentality it's of just them. The doing mentality it. and the gap assignments and the lack of physicality and being out of position against basic run plays. These are yeah. like like the Patriots are running like basic plays. ISO, but that's what that's boss. your mo. It's not right. like. They'll have a couple trick plays, and we yeah. all talk about those, but they don't run a particularly. It I don't they never say have advanced. ran an advance. Yeah. It, it was more advanced when they they had you know Edelman. But it's, and it's very straightforward. Yeah, it's you know we're gonna run these things, and we're gonna get a tight end open by doing this, and we're gonna get a wide receiver underneath, and you can't cover everything, and our quarterback's gonna figure that out, right. or we're just gonna come after you with the running game. Right, and we're not gonna make mistakes. Yeah. They're they're gonna have guys that are gonna catch the ball. The the Patriots are one team that have always been okay with a five yard hitch, and then we'll get another five. Okay, we got a first down. Sooner or later, they know you're gonna either 
bust the coverage, miss a tackle. They're gonna be then they're then they're gonna get you on your heels. And then here comes our Hall of Fame at that time, it, Gronk, and then right. and then Brady. Is that what made made them frustrating or makes them frustrating from a defensive perspective? Because they you know what they are, they know what they are, and it it almost lulls you into a sense of security. No, what what's frustrating about them is that you have to. I mean, not frustrating. The, the great thing about them is that you have to beat them. The hard thing about them, and the frustrating, I guess, is they don't make the mistakes that everybody else makes. You have to beat them. They're physical as hell every year. I mean, physical as hell every year. They're disciplined. They they they're they're not going to make a game plan mistake. So somehow, some way, the same amount of hours that their coaching staff and their regime is having is used ten times better than ninety percent of the league. And you're not going to. And they do a good job of developing and scouting as well. So you're not going to be able to go out there and say, like, okay, we're going to out-athlete them. They're going to take that away. And it's almost like they play mind games with the offensive and defensive coordinator because they know that you have to beat them a certain way and these coordinators have so much ego they won't do it. The great thing that Josh Allen did yesterday is they he recognized, and, and maybe the offensive coordinator as well, making an adjustment, that – once they knew they, the game wasn't so out of control from the Patriots able to just to walk the ball down the field, the Patriots were playing deep shell zone against them. Actually, they were playing like how teams have played Kansas City. Right. And then all they were doing is dumping Stand it off. Under. And then the Patriots minute missed a tackle. Then Josh Allen would make a play. Diggs would get one. McKenzie would get one. Knox would get one. So now the offense looks actually – more on time and a schedule. I would have liked the scene because I thought that Buffalo ran the ball pretty effectively, not like to the tune that mm-hmm. I'd like to see them. Good enough to, you know what, Patriots need to start second half. You can't was, sit too high forever. They sent away, they got away yeah. from it, but Josh Hallen got hot, so you can't. I mean, right? He, he's a MVP caliber player. Hey, we have a uh, we got a call here on old school. We got Jason on the line. Jason, what's going on? Hey guys, uh, it's always good to see or listen to you guys. Um, Jay, you know, I'm always fascinated by your career. Your dad is a Hall of Famer in my book, whether he's in there or not. Um, he should be. Um, you had a special career in college and then played solid NFL football for seven years. Thank you very much. Um, what was it like, uh, you know, just hearing you talk about Buffalo and the Giants and stuff? What were like a few of the guys? That you just were like, wow, that next level guy. And I mean, I know you were in the league at time at the same time when Brady was there, but he wasn't, you know, elite Brady like we know him today. During your years in the NFL, he was rising and he was ascending and all that. But and I know there's a hundred guys you could mention, but who are three or four or five guys that you thought of, Jay, as just amazing that next level athlete that you're like, wow. We have some ballers in Nebraska or, you know, we have ballers on this team, but this guy or that guy is, is like that extra special talent. I'll listen off the air. Thanks, guys. Uh, I mean, everybody was uh, good. I appreciate appreciate the accolades on the <laughs> career that, um, myself. But, uh, well, I mean, look, Randy Moss rolled out there. I remember, I'll never forget we played at Minnesota, so I was excited to play at home. And we ran this cover two Randy Moss. So whenever you're playing cover two to Randy Moss, so say like the back safety is usually at for regular receivers at 
10, 12. Mm-hmm. They were like, you're at 16. And I'll never forget going into halftime. I was sitting right there. We called it cover two Moss, right? Because, I mean, literally Ted Cottrell said, listen here, we can't give up a two minute, We can't give up more than two explosive runs to Robert Smith in the run game. But we're, we have to stop Randy Moss. Because, I mean, obviously he was shredding the league for his whole career. So it was right before half. And he's like, we can't let Dante Culpepper escape to his right, yeah. right? Well, here it comes. I think Gabe Northern, well, he, he he went inside what he wasn't supposed to. Culpepper gets it and ran, runs all the way right, throws it literally across the field. It looked like a punt. Randy Moss caught it probably with four inches left. Cover two Randy Moss. And it was perfect coverage. It's like they had done that play. And it was like that they scored. Viking horn went off. We went in at halftime. Um, Just defeated. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, just because we had the perfect play, perfect coverage. Everyone of, knew what they were supposed to do. And we had do. the be- the most unstoppable force in the league. Yeah. That's pretty much like Lawrence Taylor turned the league upside down. So he's won. I, um, I remember playing – or I didn't play this game. We played down in Miami against the Dolphins and Dan Marino. And I met Dan Marino when I was young, and I, I always was a fan of his. And I, this was like – he had these – Nike made these high tops that literally came up through his calf. I think it might have been <laughs> right after he blew his Achilles or something. And Buffalo had never beat Miami on Monday night or something down there or a night uh. game. And we end up winning. But I remember the the thing is Dan Marino's washed up. He's not very good. Well, he proceeded to go twenty one or twenty two in the first half for three hundred yards. I mean, he was just throwing laser Darts. beams. Yeah. You know, and it was any he had he couldn't run. But if you're talking about pocket presence and moving around and just kind of – and he just flicked his wrist, whether it was short, long pass. Just dropping it. Yeah. In. So he was one. And then the other one that was Brett Favre. It was like after his whole painkiller deal. And we were playing him in Buffalo. And it was hot as heck. And they were trying to say his arm was dead. I remember they were like coming out of Green Bay. His arm isn't as good mm. as it was. He threw a <laughs> He threw a pass literally – I think I reacted like four seconds after, and you know what I mean. Literally buzzed right through my head, right next to it, like hardest t- guy that you've seen throw. Oh, not like, even close. Th- not even close. Buzzed the tower on me, right? And uh, and he had, he had a good game. We ended up winning, but you know it's just like it's funny when you see those guys. You know they're next level. But I was blessed enough to be, you know, I, my locker was in between, or I had there was five lockers. Mine was directly in the middle. Bruce Smith was two lockers down. He had an extra locker. So mm-hmm. to the left of me was another blank locker and then Thurman Thomas. So I was able to kind of soak it up. Well, they were talking. Yeah. And I was just listening. But, to, you know, I mean, Bruce Smith, some of the things that he, he – you're talking about a guy that could turn it on like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I know people were talking about uh, Jonathan Allen and Payne fighting last night. Bruce Smith. I think everybody wanted to fight Bruce because he would always talk like sometimes like like he wasn't part of the team. And uh, and we had this linebacker named John Holisek, and he's a he's a coach at – he's from south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So he played high school ball with Marvin Harris – or not Marvin Harris, Rodney Harrison. Those two are best buds. And John is tough. Like, well, f- I mean, it's all he like literally wanted to do was fight. I mean, yeah. that's all it seemed. So we were playing Tennessee right before the Music City Miracle, and Bruce had like two sacks in the first half or something like that. And everybody was on edge because Ralph Wilson made Wade play Rob Johnson. You know, mm-hmm. Flutie won 10 games. So everybody was, we were, yeah, it was, you know, we were losing. I think we were down 7, 10, nothing or something like that. 
Bruce came in here and he was talking to the offense. And he was like, you know, I told y'all this, this, and this. Well, John thought he had said about the defense. Yeah. Or just, yo, John folded him up in that locker. I mean, I remember I was getting my, like, ankle retape. All you heard was boom, 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 boom. And Sam Gash, who doesn't say anything, right? Uh-huh. And he, he played the funny thing, Sam Gash played fullback with a dip in his mouth. <laughs> he came over <laughs> and he broke it up. And then he comes into the, into the into the trainer room, and we call him Big Cuz, right? Because that's yeah. all he'd be like, "What's up, Cuz?" You know, with a dip in his mouth. He's like, "Man, he's like your boy Holacek got got after Bruce." <laughs> Bruce was folded up in there. Bruce went and composed himself. We actually, you know, end up having a chance to win, but obviously we didn't. But yeah, so fights happen all the time. <laughs> so Great. for you people, look, unlike Chris Collinsworth thought last night, uh, all the time. But Chris Collinsworth is is the team is the teammate that would probably go to HR if he if yeah. he got the fight. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be up there. And take I it. believe you just called Chris Collinsworth Karen right there. Basically. Oh, he's Karen Collinsworth. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he definitely is the guy that's telling on you if you're late to a meeting. Uh, and there's always one, always one guy that will that will I guess snitch on the guy that's late to meeting. Always, <laughs> and everybody hates him. But he has actually hey he has more security on the team than guys that actually go out there and play. And you always want, and he's always the guy you wonder, like, how do you, how do you make this team? Yeah. Why are you hanging around? Yeah, How are you outside linebacker in a three, four and you have four sacks and they keep redoing your contract. (laughs) (laughs) Team snitch. All right. We, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Brian Christopherson from Husker 24 seven is going to join us for a few minutes. We'll dive into some of the latest happenings, Nebraska, We'll uh, need a new defensive line coach. They still got to play in the portal for a quarterback and more. We'll see what BC has been hearing, how his Christmas went, and more. You're listening to Old School. Mike Schaefer sitting in for DPJ here, as always. We'll be back here in a little bit. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Blue Cross Blue Shield Healthcare Plan of Georgia, Inc.